Another bonus pod with more bad news. Michael Thomas going to miss some weeks to start the season after having ankle surgery in June. Adam Azer and Jamie Eisenberg here reacting quickly to this news. Uh, we don't have a definitive timetable yet, but you're about to hear where Jamie's putting Michael Thomas in his rankings. We're expecting an extended absence as of right now, as of Friday, July 23rd. Uh, Jamie, is Michael Thomas still the first Saints wide receiver you are drafting? It's a great question. Yes, he still will be the first Saints wide receiver I'm drafting. Uh, first off, when you tweet out the link for this, don't sound excited uh, because you got some slack uh, for uh, sounding too, even... too happy, apparently, about Cam Akers being injured, which was totally crap. Um, I think, uh, look, it sucks, obviously. Uh, it sucks that it sounds like, you know, he's going to be out. Uh, so the surgery was in June. And the, there's a four-month timetable, according to the NFL Network. So if you look at it, their bye is week six. They play the Seahawks in week seven. Then they have a two-game turnaround against the Bucks and the Falcons in weeks eight and nine. So two huge divisional games. So that seems to be the window where he's probably going to return, which puts us near the end of October, beginning of November. Um, if we don't have you know any definitive answers until then, you know this is a guy that you're going to have to draft with significant risk because – we have the quarterback situation and the concerns there, uh, not knowing exactly how we'll do a full season without Drew Brees. We clearly have some small sample sizes, 2019 with Teddy Bridgewater, 2020 with Taysom Hill. Uh, but there's obviously risk uh, involved now. Now you have the potential of what if there's a re-injury? What if there's a, you know, uh, a setback in his recovery and he's out until the end of November and you're not getting a player that you have to carry on your roster until the end of the season? So you have to sort of take this with, uh, okay, Am I getting a player that's going to be a difference maker or am I getting a player that's going to be an albatross on my fantasy team? Um, it's just a, a matter of, I think, how you, you sort of have your roster build and what your bench spaces are and how long you can carry somebody. Certainly if you have an IR spot, he's worth yes. picking up. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, last year I think a lot of teams added IR spots and sometimes they just use them for players who went on the COVID IR list. But I, I had never played with IR spots before. And, you know, in some of our leagues, I was allowed to put just injured players, players who were on IR, uh, not players who were, you know, weak short term IR. Uh, short -term yeah, IR. short term IR in my IR spot. And I thought it was great. I really liked it. So I recommend it. And if you have an IR spot, then you could put Michael Thomas on it. Then, um, then I think, he, you know, he goes up a few rounds probably, uh, Possibly, depending on how many bench spots you have. But all right, where are you going to end up with Michael Thomas in your rankings? And by the way, we're going to talk about the rest of the Saints and how it's going to impact them. Uh, Alvin Kamara played eight games without Michael Thomas last year, and he averaged seven catches per game. He was on pace for 112 catches. He had Now, it was broken down a little bit uh, differently. It was the first six games that Thomas missed early in the season. He had eight or more catches in five of those six games. Then he played two more games, weeks 15 and 16, without Michael Thomas. Kamara had only three catches in two of those games, in both of those games, but uh, one of those games was the six-touchdown rushing game, so he didn't need, didn't need to catch the ball in that game. <laughs> right, exactly. But, but a huge part of the passing game, all of those games were with Drew Brees at quarterback, I believe, so you can't just say the numbers are going to translate, but it was a huge, huge boost in the passing game for Alvin Kamara. Let's start with Thomas. Where are you uh, ranking him? You know, I was, I haven't done it yet. So I apologize for anybody's listening to this because we, you know, we have to react to the news and our various platforms. So um, I'm thinking somewhere in the Odell Beckham range, you know, which is late thirties, you know, because it kind of feels something similar, you know, with a player that you, you know, if you get the right performance out of him, could could be significant. It'll probably be a couple spots lower than that, to be honest with you. But, um, 
you know, I, I, I think you just have to understand that, you know, he's in the range now of guys that are iffy and, and, and that's what sucks, you know? So if he, if he's able to, um, you know, we get closer to the season, you know, we get through training camp and Sean Payton's going to talk and, you know, you get some updates and, and hopefully we, you know, here he's trending in the right direction and they were just being cautious with the four month timetable uh, that maybe he's back by the bye week, then, then you're, you're, you're a little bit more comfortable with it, but it's just the uncertainty right now that you have to sort of bake into it and, and realize that if he's out till the end of November, you know, maybe into December, um, especially if their team is playing well and they want to be cautious with him to, to have him back for the playoffs, um, you know, it, th- then that's where it's going to become frustrating. So uh, I think somewhere late 30s, early 40s, you know, so round seven, round eight is where I think you'll start to consider him. Like you said, if there's a, you know, IR spot and you want to take a gamble on him ahead of some other younger receivers that you may want to take some flyers on, you can certainly go that route. Too, Jerry but, Judy or Michael Thomas? Uh, I'd rather have Judy. Marquise Brown. That's the spot, you know, so I'd probably take a chance on Michael Thomas over Marquise Brown. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the rest of the Saints here. So there were two games that well, there were a bunch of games that Traquan Smith played without Michael Thomas, but really it was Emmanuel Sanders who was pretty was good. Fun. In fact, if he were still on the Saints, I'd be pretty interested in drafting him, but he's not. So there were two games that Traquan Smith played without both Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, and he was fine. He was around 50 yards, didn't score in either game, got like seven-ish targets in both games. I'm just looking at Drew Brees' numbers in those games. He was good, not great. He threw for 287 and two and 280 and two in those games. And and Traquan Smith, I, I don't know. He just, he, he's a lot of hype or has been, not a ton of production. So uh, so it was 11 targets in the two games, four in one and seven in the other. Anyway, um, is he your highest, is he your next Saints wide receiver? Is he the one you're looking at? And when would you draft Traquan Smith? He's the one I'm looking at. He's going to go after Thomas. He's still a late round pick uh, because, again, we just don't know when Thomas is going to return. And um, they're going to bring somebody else in. This isn't like the Rams saying that they're not going to bring in a running back yet. You know, you've already seen reports that the Saints are going to start to, you know, look at wide receivers. Um, Kenny Stills, who played with the Saints, played for Sean Payton's out there. Uh, Golden Tate, you know, somebody they can look at. These are obviously not names that are difference makers, but they're guys that could command targets. Alshon Jeffrey, if he's right, you know, I've seen some people suggesting that. Uh, D.D. Westbrook is, is a guy who's out there who obviously has played some in the league. There's going to be guys who are going to get cut, you know, or potential trade targets, you know, that you're going to hear some names that are out there, you know, could be, um, you know, like a Sterling Shepard, for example, the Giants want to open up a spot for Kadarius Tony, you know, if he's, if he's a hundred percent, you know, I'm just, you know, again, spitballing some names out there. Um, so there, there'll be some guys that that'll come in, uh, and, and that they'll look at and consider. So you have to sort of wait to see what happens there. The guy that I'm still the most excited about would be Adam Troutman because, mm-hmm. you know, his targets, his routes should still be the same. Um, you know, you don't, you don't know what the Saints are going to do. Are they going to force uh, a guy like Traquan Smith to play Michael Thomas's role? It's going to be Marcus Callaway who steps into, you know, doing those type of things. Um, you know, do they do they put Kamara in some more wide receiver spots to, you know, get him out and maybe put Latavius Murray in some some situations? So I still take a late-run flyer on Traquan Smith. He's obviously going to be bumped up a few spots, but – uh, I wouldn't be like overly excited to draft him, you know, ahead of Thomas, for example, as your question was earlier, you know, who's the first Saints wide receiver that'll come off the board. Yeah. So how about say like Elijah Moore or Rondale Moore, you know, these, these rookies that were taking a shot on late, would you take Traquan Smith ahead of them? I was already doing that to begin with. So yes. Oh, you know, really? So, uh, <laughs> Traquan for me is, you know, in the, uh, like I would take him over Corey Davis, for example, you know, so they, they were close to begin with, um, you know, just a veteran guy who is, you know, I'm not excited about. Ooh, I got a good one. Uh, I, I still take Mike Williams over Traquan Smith, you know, if we're talking about some guys that have some more upside. Marvin Jones. 
I take Marvin Jones ahead of him, you know, just because Jones could potentially be the number one receiver for the Jaguars just based on his, his history with Daryl Bevel. Okay. And any like 16 team or 14 team deep wide receivers for the Saints? Callaway would be the one. You know, I, I think he's going to be the second receiver. I think he was going to have an opportunity to be the third receiver there. Uh, but again, they're going to bring somebody in. You know, they, they may have a reunion with Des Bryant too. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, Sean Payton is not afraid to go get a veteran guy. And look, uh, we we thought, you know, I'll go back to Ben Gretsch last year, and, and this is no fault of Ben's. But if you recall, when Michael Thomas was healthy going into the season, these conversations last year, we were talking about bus. Remember, Ben said you shouldn't draft Emmanuel Sanders. And I, I wasn't. Uh, necessarily co-signing that, but I agreed with him to a certain extent because what did you expect from Emmanuel Sanders where everybody was healthy? And then we saw Michael Thomas go down and Sanders played a significant role. So uh, Sean will will get creative with somebody. Sean Payne will get creative with somebody, whoever he brings in, and we'll see who that receiver is, which could impact, you know, have a trickle-down effect because, again, Thomas is not out for the season as of now. Right, right. So if they bring in somebody else to sort of, you know, put a Band-Aid on this, that receiver could still have a role. So, again, I don't think you want to go overly – uh, get over excited or get you know uh, too crazy with Traquan Smith in your drafts. He definitely gets a boost, but to what extent we'll have to find out when Thomas is out. Yeah, and as far as Thomas goes, you also have to ask: Is he going to be just back to being Michael Thomas right. when he comes back? We don't know the answer. Maybe it takes a week or two to shake some rust off. All right, so let's talk about Adam Troutman then. And will he? Actually, I don't know where you have him ranked. Is he going to crack your top twelve if he's not there already? I'm sure he's not he, too he's, far. He's been a top twelve tight okay. end for me for a long time. Very excited about him. Um, you know, stepping into Jared Cook's role, he fits the pedigree of a guy that you look at with a good college, you know, career, um, second year breakout type of guy because there's an opportunity. You know, the Saints tight ends over the last two seasons, twenty one touchdowns. Obviously, the most of that has come from Drew Brees, and if it's Jameis Winston as the starter, that's a benefit because. Uh, as we've talked about a lot on this podcast, Jameis Winston's history with his tight ends going back to Florida State, you can certainly see what he's capable of doing. But, um, you know, Troutman, I think, is is locked into his role. You know, targets should certainly be a boost for him now. Uh, middle of the field is going to be something I think that's going to be important for him and the routes that he runs and the quarterback and whoever that's going to be leaning on him. So uh, Troutman is still a very good late-round flyer. You know, if we're going great or late, he's one of the guys you should put at the top of the late category you know, certainly if we get past the Earth Smiths and the Noah Fants, uh, for me, he's in that next group and, and leading that next group. Okay, right. So you say great or late. Is he still going to be a late-round pick, or is he going to— can I make a case for him right after Dallas Goddard, who's the tight end seven or eight for everybody on this list, uh, for everybody It's if you're looking at the rankings on our website? You know, he's obviously Troutman's not going to go ahead of Kelsey Waller, Kittle, Hawkinson, Andrews, and Pitts. No chance. Um, Goddard, I doubt it. But then after that, it's Fant, it's Irv Smith, it's Tunyon, it's Higby, it's Logan Thomas. I, can I make a case? I can make a case for Troutman ahead of Smith, ahead of all these guys, because he could have the, gosh, he could have the most targets on the team. I see a path to it. I don't think it will happen. But at least for the first however long Thomas is out. Yeah, I mean, I guess as we're talking about this, I I, I could see myself ranking him ahead of those guys. It's just, you know, you, you always get a little concerned when you haven't seen a guy do sure. anything yet. And, and I know that's hard to say when we're talking about Pitts as well, but... Um, you know, Troutman's got quarterback concerns still. He's got, you know, still another pretty significant player on the field to, to share the ball with in, in Kamara. Uh, but like you said, the, the, the path to targets are there. If Thomas misses significant time, then he may be their best pass catcher. Uh, he could be the same type of player that we're talking about with TJ Hawkinson. I don't know if Goddard's the right person to compare him to because we might be dropping Goddard if Ertz stays on the roster sure. as the reports have sort of indicated recently. So if Ertz is still on the Eagles, I don't think you could say Dallas Goddard's locked into the seventh spot. So yeah, once you get past the 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 top six guys with Pitts and Hawkinson, you know, being the tail end of that group, then I think you could make a case for Troutman to be that next guy off the board. I think most people would still take Noah Fant, but 
uh, Troutman's going to definitely be in that conversation for sure. Well, hearing the way we're talking about this, if you're doing a draft anytime soon and you can get Troutman, you know, four rounds later than, or even two or three rounds later than Herb Smith or Dallas Goddard, or Noah Fant, like that group, maybe it makes sense. Maybe the you just take the round value here because uh, we're going to have to see. We're going to have to see what the reports are. Oh, Adam Troutman's looking great. That's going to boost him up if you get one of those. Adam T- Troutman could lead the team in targets. Some weird fantasy guy might say something like that. That could boost his value. Um, all right, so then let's talk about Kamara real quick. Is this a boost for him? And what about Latavius Murray? Like, do they just need to be more run heavy now? You know, and and maybe Murray is more valuable. Maybe they change their offense a little bit. They do not have a good passing game. I I can't see them having a good passing game without Michael Thomas and Drew Brees. So this is probably a, a, a two part question because based on what you said, which I agree with, um, if I'm the Saints, I'm probably starting Taysom Hill. You know, I, I know Jameis is going to come in and try and win the job. And if he looks great, it's hard to say, not, don't start him. But you got to sort of be unorthodox, right? Because, you know, you're down Michael Thomas and, and Taysom Hill was successful last year. You know, he gives them a different element to the run game overall. Uh, and so if you don't have to necessarily say we have to make the passing game the priority of our offense, which sounds weird to say in 2021 for any NFL team. But, um, you know, you could sort of take a Ravens approach. You could take a, a Titans approach. You know, you could say the run game is going to be what carries us until Michael Thomas is back on the field. And so maybe Taysom is the better quarterback to sort of, you know, lead this team. So it'll be interesting to see how that impacts that decision. But yeah, I, I think, you know, you heard the reports this offseason after Drew Brees retired that they were going to become a little bit more run heavy. And so uh, Alvin Kamara is the number three running back in PPR for sure. You can still make a case that he's number four in non-PPR because of Derrick Henry. And we're talking about Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook being the top two guys. Uh, I think I'm going to put Kamara three in both formats just because I think he's going to be this offense. Uh, he's going to be their best player. You know, he may have already been their best player to begin with, but, you know, I don't want to slight Michael Thomas. So uh, I, I think Kamara is, is locked in. And, and, yes, Latavius Murray does get a boost because I, I think he'll get more carries, get more opportunities, get more opportunities in the passing game as well because they can't just put everything on Kamara's plate. So uh, Murray gets bumped up a few spots. Kamara's locked into the top three or top four. And uh, and I will see who is the starting quarterback for New Orleans now. So, so just real quick, um, would you take Latavius Murray or Zach Moss? That's a great question because I'm a Zach Moss guy. I yeah. think I'd probably still take Zach Moss because I think there's a clearer path to him being the guy as opposed to, you know, Murray needing an injury. But, um, you know, Murray now is probably the head of the number two running backs, not named Kareem Hunt, you know, so ahead of Jamal Williams, ahead of Devin Singletary, you know, ahead of Tony Pollard, you know, ahead of those guys that you were drafting as, as potential lottery tickets. It's like, I know I had a tough call just in the in the Scott Fishbowl, which ended up hurting me, for example, because I took Cam Akers and I had a choice of Daryl Henderson, Jamal Williams, Latavius Murray. Those are three guys I was debating. And I was like, okay, if I get a chance to get one of those guys in their respective backfields or who has the best chance to be a contributor in their backfields, um, I took Jamal Williams just because it's a you know, half PPR league and I thought he's going to have a bigger role in the passing game than those other two guys. So I, I, I failed in that regard. Um, but Murray Loser. is now somebody that I think you should consider ahead of that group for sure. Okay. And, and somebody with a mid round pick. All right. And then I guess we can talk about this on another show, but you know, it, the kid, well, no, let's talk about it now. Uh, all right. Just real, real quick. Whoever's drafted, whoever's named the starting quarterback, are you still interested in them? <sighs> I, I, I think, you know, uh, that was a Heath level side. Um, <laughs> I, I think, uh, I'll go back to what I've said from the beginning. Uh, if it's Jameis, they're both playing. If it's Taysom, how long is he going to be the starter? So, you know, I I had originally Taysom ranked in the top 15 when I first did my rankings for 2021. I since went to Jameis 
the reports last week about Taysom being, you know, the potential front runner. I just dropped both guys outside of the top 24, you know, so I still have Jameis ranked the highest at 25. Uh, he's definitely somebody you want to consider in two quarterback and super flex leagues, but I don't really want to trust either one in a one quarter. Like I'd rather take a chance on Roethlisberger. I'd rather take a chance on Fitzpatrick. I'd rather go with Kirk Cousins, who I know at least I'm going to know what I'm getting. And at this point, I'd rather take flyers on Trey Lance and Justin Fields. It just feels messy all the way around, especially if Thomas is going to miss half the season. So it's probably hands off across the board for the Saints quarterback. Uh, we got a question: Kamara, Zeke, or Henry? And Jamie just said he's going to put Kamara third, at least certainly in PPR. He's already there. So. Yeah, yeah, it, and and in non PPR, he might do it too. So that means in half PPR, you would take you would take Kamara over Henry. Yes, any PPR format, I would take Kamara over Henry, and uh, you know that's one I'll debate: is is Henry versus Kamara in in non PPR? Yeah, I just wonder if Kamara's hurt by being in what's probably. It's certainly going to be the worst offense he's ever been in. You know, that's another like, like he might benefit and gain and have more catches because they need him to. He might have more carries because they need him to have more carries. But this is going to be a potentially bad offense, uh, or maybe average, but it will be worse than what he's used to. Right. And and look, let's be fair. Um, if Jameis is the starter physically from a physical standpoint, forget about the the mental aspect of it. He's going to be a physically better quarterback than Drew Brees was last year. Drew Brees was obviously very accurate. He knows the game better than Jameis probably will ever will. Um, and, and he knows how to get guys open, you know, with anticipation and, and those things and, and using his accuracy in his mind. But Jameis is going to be a different quarterback. And so if he's not making mistakes, maybe this offense, and I'm talking about the offense that they, they saw last year without Michael Thomas, maybe the offense could be better, you know, in, in terms of what they have. Now, they don't have an Emmanuel Sanders, but um, I, I know where you're going. But, the, you know, just from a standpoint of, if Jameis is making different throws or Taysom is doing different things, maybe the offense could still be better. Uh, Personnel-wise, it's obviously worse. And again, I'm just talking about the Michael Thomas-less games that that yeah. Kamara played in last year where he was the focal point of the offense. Right. All right, so a lot to unpack here. Luckily, we don't have – most people aren't drafting now. We have plenty of time to see what happens. Well, I mean, you know, think think about this, Adam. We haven't gotten to August yet, and we've already lost two top 24 picks. Uh, it sucks, yeah. And it now you sucks. have Saquon Barkley on the pup list, which we expected. Or at least, you know, thought it was a possibility. Amari Cooper's on the pup list. Is this a precursor of another frustrating season of injuries? Yeah, I'm not willing to to go there yet, but um Aaron Rodgers may not play. Devontae Adams is pissed off as well. I mean, Jamie, what's going I, on? This it's Friday. Okay, enough of this. Let's Could let's... you imagine? Because that's the week one game, by the way, is Saints Packers. Could you imagine a situation where no Aaron Rodgers, maybe no Devontae Adams now? No Michael Thomas. Now. How depressing. That could have been one of the best games of the season. Is it a primetime game? I don't know. It probably is. But uh, yeah, all right, great. Hey, Giants-Broncos, everybody. Week one, flex it. We'll talk to you on Monday unless there's more breaking news. Uh, check out that. Fantasy Football Today in 5 for some player profiles over the weekend of Travis Etienne and the Sunday one, oh, who was Elijah Moore? A couple of rookies that we can break down and tell you what the advanced stats say and what their roles might be on their respective teams. It's really good stuff on Fantasy Football Today in 5. And if you like these bonus podcasts, please show us some love by going to podcastawards.com slash app slash sign up. The link is in the episode description. Nominate Fantasy Football Today. We want to win this thing in the sports category. Podcastawards.com. Nominate Fantasy Football Today in the sports category. Thanks to Jamie. Thanks to Ben Schrager for setting this up. Thanks to all of you for watching and listening. I'm Adam Azer. We'll talk to you Monday.